to the Naked Unicorn Podcast, the ECG Productions podcast that is typically hosted by Jason Sorotin. I'm Mary Winter, and today I'm here to interview Jason Sorotin, or as we like to call him, Jay. Jay, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. We should definitely mention that we are in the midst of a coronavirus pandemic. So <laughs> yeah. if around or kids walking around or we just sound off, that's probably why. It's all good. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So um, would you like to introduce yourself and say uh, what it is you do at ECG Productions? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm Jason Sorotin. I'm one of the partners of ECG Productions. And um, I produce, I direct, I shoot, I edit. Um, that's what I know how to do, but I, I, I haven't been doing that in some time. I've mainly been focused on the high-end creative stuff, sales, and uh, growing the company. Yeah, definitely. We could not be where we are today without Jason's Zerotin, for sure. Thank you. Uh, Jay has his hands in literally every single project that goes on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, if you're a client of ours, you know who Jay is. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Maybe sure. a couple who don't, but most of them, yes. The really oh, boring sure. the really boring ones, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but at least if they've been in the office, they've seen you. <laughs> oh, true, true. Or heard you from down the hall. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Screaming. Absolutely. Uh, And not screaming out of anger, screaming out of like trying to find people. Oh, always. Our office is much, much larger now. Yes, lots of screaming. (laughs) For sure. So let's talk about before ECG Productions, where were you born? Indiana. Indianapolis, Indiana. Well, Kokomo, Indiana. And it is my least favorite state now. (laughs) Fair enough. Out of all 50. Yeah. Well, least favorite state I've ever been to. I don't know. I just have a lot of like horrible memories from there. Not it's, there's just nothing there. It's just, it's a vast emptiness. Now there's going to be people who might listen to this and be like, Indiana's great. Yeah. Well, you might've had a good experience there. I I just didn't. Yeah. And maybe that contributed to your creative prowess. Maybe that's why you were so bored that you came up with a lot of creative ideas. Maybe, maybe it was, it, it was an interesting place to grow up, but I mean, you know, every, every place you go in life leads you to the next. So, you know, there was definitely a reason I was born there. So, you know, I am thankful that I was able to, to, you know, live health, a healthy lifestyle free of violence, which was really nice. Oh, for sure. For sure. What is your most impactful childhood memory? My most impactful childhood memory, um, there's so many, but I, I like to think about, you know, my kind of entrepreneurial career started at five years old in Boulder, Colorado, going door to door and um, selling uh, used newspapers. And nice. I remember getting in trouble for selling the used <laughs> newspapers. And then my dad actually helped me do my first lemonade stand. And I just crushed it. And from that <laughs> from that point forward, I've always wanted to, you know, be in business and do business and be creative. I just want to do so many things. I think that's the my biggest fault in life. Your fault? <laughs> I think, I think it's so. Also part of how you get where you are. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. But I think it's also, you know, sometimes it's a little too much. You know, you got to have a. Oh, for sure. Where is this? Where is the stopping point? I think that's what I'm. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm trying to reach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll get there. I hope so. <laughs> you're getting there. Now, 
as you got older, were you doing anything dangerous? Have you done anything crazy dangerous? I've, I've bungee jumped once. Nice. Um, off of a platform when I was 13 years old um, in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Um, and, oh, God, other dangerous things. Oh, my, so <laughs> many, so many to mention and can't mention. Um <laughs> We used to play this, it's a stupid game, but it's one of the things you do in Indiana. We used to do this thing we called a chew, like mm -hmm. a chew, uh, but we would load up the back of my pickup truck with giant pieces of furniture and trash, and we would mm -hmm. drive 80 miles down the road, and one of us would stand in the back of it, pick up the large item, and then say a chew and throw it at the back of the truck. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so... So that sounds like something you would do if you're bored, for yes, sure. Exactly. Yeah. Pushing <laughs> shopping carts. A stupid take, board. Oh, a really fun thing to do. And if you're ever in an empty parking lot and you have the ability to do this, is get a shopping cart, put it on the bumper of your car, and then push it all the way to the end, picking up speed, and then stopping and watching it take off and hit the edge of the thing. Oh, so fun. Oh, my God. So we did that in college, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It must be a common thing, like cow tipping. It must have been. I don't know. Um, so what is the stupidest thing you've ever done? When I was five years old, I got in a car to help a grown adult find a puppy. Which is like the oh my God. Wait, so you like literally... I did it. Was it like a and white van? No, it was it was like a, a young girl and her boyfriend. Like they're probably in their twenties, and um, they were looking for their puppy. And I had rode my bike to this grocery store, and they were like, "Will you help us find our puppy?" And I was just like, "Yes." <laughs> and I oh got God. in the car with them and like went places. Luckily, they weren't bad people, but that was a pretty yeah. stupid thing to do. I mean, stranger danger, man. Yep. I'm glad you've learned it now. Yep, totally. <laughs> I don't, did you find the puppy? Uh, no. no. Oh, that's even the worst. It, but, you know, who knows? Maybe I'm repressing what really happened. <laughs> it's possible, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Although I think if you were repressing it, it would have been a happier memory where right. you found the puppy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what, is, what is the smartest thing you've ever done? Um... Go into business for myself is the smartest thing I've ever, because I just realized, you know, it just, it was never going to work with me working for someone else. It just wasn't. Mm -hmm. I'm a great team player and partner, uh, but I don't, I don't like being, I can't, I have a problem with authority. And especially when the authority isn't as, you know, maybe, I don't want to say smart, but just isn't as cunning in business. Yeah, or maybe me. thought through. Or, yeah, well, I, yeah. I don't really think things through all the way all the time. I think I'm a, fa <laughs> I'm a fast thinker and I make decisions quickly. I don't do really? good with long thought out decisions. Um, but I, I would say, you know, just having, knowing that, realizing it early enough, young enough, and being determined enough to to go after it was definitely the smartest thing I've ever done. Well, it's worked out for you so far. So far. <laughs> and it's worked out for me, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, where did you go to college? 
Um, I went to a lot of colleges and I'm a college dropout, but I went to Rochester Institute of Technology in Rochester, New York. I Uh, went to Wegmans. Yeah, Wegmans. Um, I went to um, Emerson College in Boston. And I went when I couldn't afford that anymore. I went to UMass Boston. But I got I got a job offer to work on Dawson's Creek. And I just dropped out. Because I was I mean, like, I think that makes sense. I'm going to learn so <laughs> much more um, on set. And, um, you know, all of my business ventures start in like a creative aspiration or mm-hmm. something I'm really passionate about. And I was just, I always loved making video. Um, yeah. You know, I realize I'm not going to be the biggest movie director in the world or, you know, but I can play a major role in the actual business of video. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're just... You know, I like working at a high level. It's it's fun. Great. Did you have a specific area of study when you were at school? Um, it was uh, f- it was media studies or something. I don't know. It was all dumb. Yeah, I they, wait- have, to, they have to make some nice sounding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> waste, of, waste of money and time. The only good thing is, is it did lead to other opportunities through other people. But I think the moral yeah. of that story is people. People first. Yep. Always meeting people. Yep. Absolutely. Did How did you end up at ECG? So I was, um, Jace, Trey, and I, the other partners at ECG, all were running a television network in Boston that was um, all over the country, 100 markets. Um, we were we were really thinking we were going to make it big. <laughs> and then the economy just started to crumble with the mortgage crisis. And then our our main investor pulled out. And at the same time, I had just been a finalist in the Howard Stern Film Festival. And um, I went and did that. And the guys helped me produce that. And then um, there was an... I, I, I pushed really hard to get Howard to give me a job. And then they called me. And nice. uh, offered me a job, and I went there. And then Jason Trey got money to start ECG. Well, this is just a reminder that sometimes your dreams don't always turn out the way that you want it. I really, mm-hmm. my time working with Howard and the whole team over there was incredible, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. But it was definitely not a dream come true. I mean, living in New York City, even though I was making more mm-hmm. money than I was ever making in my life before that. Um, it, you're still poor. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, yours in New oh, Yorker, yeah. you know that the quality of life just isn't very high. There's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a, it's, it's just not the, and, and the work was grueling and I was working for yeah. a corporation and it was like, you know, even though Howard's a hero of mine, I can't stand working for these corporations that are running the show. Like I just yeah. did not, I did not want to do that. You know, I would get in trouble for wearing shorts, you know, like, you know, I, I had to watch adult films sometimes for shows we were producing at my cubicle and they, people were yelling at me for laughing or, you know, being shocked or making noises. And eventually I built like a, a, a whole like cardboard building around my cube because I was, because my desk faced out and there'd be naked people on my screens and stuff. And it was just, I just, (laughs) that's gotta be really uncomfortable. I couldn't couldn't do that anymore. I can't. And so Jason Trey said, um, Hey, do you want to come down and run sales for the business? And I was like, 
yeah. And they're like, we'll give you a little piece. And I was like, great. <laughs> I, uh, I packed up and um, literally the day before, Jason Trey told me that their funding had failed and that I was coming down to no money, um, mm-hmm. that they were going to figure out a way to make it work for us. So Jace took out an emergency loan and then we came down and started grinding. It took me six months to close the deal. But at that point, because that happened, we became equal partners. And then it's been that way for the last 12, 13 years, going on 14. Wow. Man, so you, you left a high paying job for a grind and it totally paid off. Oh, that's the story of my life. I do, to this day, I do hundreds, if not thousands of hours of free work a year. Easily. <laughs> that makes sense. Yep. It is, it's it is. Well, it's the best way. If you want to get something, you got to work for it unless you were born really lucky. But I wasn't. Oh, yeah. We got a baby yep. in the background. It's true pandemic. Yep. <laughs> Welcome to pandemic life. <laughs> oh, he's cute. Uh, yeah. Oh, he's a, he's adorable. He's just whining right now because he wants to watch a different show. (laughs) (laughs) If only I had one channel when I was your age. Uh, (laughs) Exactly. So what do you like most about working with ECG? I love the people, the office that we have built and the projects that we get to do. But mainly it's the people. We have the best people ever and they're incredible and they put so much in. We don't have to micromanage. We're just all working towards a goal and trying to create an environment yeah. where everybody wins as, as we win. And um, I think the new yeah. office is a testament to that. Um, it's a new 20,000 square foot state-of-the-art facility. And um, I feel very lucky and I can't wait to fucking be back there. <laughs> can't wait well, to we be we feel very lucky working with you thank you for sure i mean literally like everybody wants to be at work i don't think i've ever worked somewhere where everybody truly Hi. wants to be there not even one person i can say is like it's cool oh, right I have to go to work today it's we're great. all super excited to be there we're lucky to be there so many people Absolutely. have so much harder and have to do so much shitty shittier jobs for less money so it's like yeah. you know you know, it's definitely oh, yeah. not a glamorous business as everybody thinks that, you know, video, TV, movies, all that stuff is. But if you're working with the right people, it's always interesting and never boring. Yeah, it's a worthwhile trade-off for sure. Yep. So tell me about working with clients at ECG. What's the ECG experience like for you? Well, ECG has a very our biggest thing is the experience. Like that is the, the added value proposition. We, we treat clients like they are the only clients, even if we have a hundred things going on, because to them, that's all that really matters. And it's about an experience that's not just professional. It's an experience that's fun and thoughtful. We want to be friends with clients. Look, we, we're here on this planet for a very short amount of time why not work with really great people and have fun doing it? We, if, if somebody's mean to us or there's, you know, somebody's being an asshole, we're not going to work with them. We don't need to do that. There's plenty of great people to work with. And so, you know, we really try to cater an experience that's unlike anywhere else. You know, you come to our sets, 
Um, if we're doing, you know, a studio shoot, you're going to get really great craft services. You know, you're going to get the food that you want. You're going to get uh, wine popped at the end of the meal. Jordan came on the Comcast business shoot and popped their favorite bottles of wine after the first day on set. It was day one of seven. And then it was oh, dinners yeah. and, and, and just like experiences or if they wanted to chill, you know, or if they just wanted to have us cater something or have something delivered to their room. It's about service is so alive. And I think that mm-hmm. we are really, we creating the product now at this point is it's always a challenge and interesting, but like we've done thousands of videos. Like we know the general makeup mm-hmm. of a successful video. So like, at that point, it becomes, yeah, how can we make it better? What are the mechanics of it? How are we going to get our messaging great? But like, how can we improve the experience for everybody and have a better time? Like we're optimizing yeah. our, our our work life and doing that for our clients oh, for too. Sure. And we carry the mental load. You know, a client doesn't come into us. They don't have to sit around and worry about their video because we're worrying about their video. We're really... Mm-hmm making it so that they don't have to think like, did this get cast? Did this happen? You know, we're keeping them up to date. And I think that responsiveness and that attention to detail is really what makes us different. For sure. What are your favorite types of projects to do? Music videos, um, anything narrative um, and anything um, like mini documentary that's not focused on like something depressing. You know, I don't want to, okay, I don't like, I don't just depressing topics that I dive into. I just feel like super sad. I don't like that, but I like to do things that, you know, now in my career and where we're at and with everything, I'm looking for opportunities where I can see other people succeed. That's really where I'm finding the most joy is like being like, you know, who'd be great to work on this project is blank. And then I mm-hmm. get with blank and I, we go through cool ideas and very top level and I, they come back to me, bring me, and we go through the process together. So I, I'm really enjoying any of those types of projects, whether it be a corporate project or a TV project. If, if, if I can be involved and help somebody else, you know, grow their career and be better. And, you know, that gives us more bandwidth and the ability to do more things with more competent people. So oh, you know, sure. I want to see people fail. Fast. <laughs> Real fast and yeah, get so they can get to winning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're building that family tree. I like it. From a career perspective, I yep, guess. Absolutely. Yeah, that's key. So what is your biggest pet peeve? Um bullshit artists who can't back up what they say. Like just a bullshit Fair artist. Enough. You know, people who say <laughs> things and don't do it. Um, people who act like they have things and don't have them, you know, all of that stuff is just, oh, the biggest thing I hate is like internet gurus, right? I never, (laughs) I do a lot of content, but I don't want to be a guru at all. I don't want anybody to like, be like, you know, I'll give advice, but I just don't want to be somebody who's, I call it goody, goody, preachy, preachy. It's like that. so, So polished and trying to like you know, just get people to follow what they've done and they really haven't done anything. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Drives me crazy. Yes. And everybody you has writing a course about it. Oh my God. <laughs> no, not an e-course. Uh, yeah. What do they say? Do they say e-course? They have those. Yeah. Um, where it's like, get my course today on blah, blah, blah. Yes. 
Yes. Uh, How about you just go out and really do not. things and then like you'll be too busy to make these videos trying yeah. to scam people. I think, I think people just got this whiff that, oh, you could make money doing that. And then they just all started doing it. It's like, oh God. I know. And not. it's like, because I want to give information away, but I'm not looking to be a guru that just like, or tell yeah. people what to do. Like I, I can, I can, you know, give words of encouragement because I think everybody needs that. But and I, I don't know. That culture is just really weird to me. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Do you have a biggest fear? Uh, a dying of a, a disease slowly. One thousand percent. Good fear to have during a but, pandemic, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, is that helping it, you get over I, it a little bit? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not afraid. I'm a nihilist, right? I'm not really, af I'm not afraid of the actual act of dying. I'm afraid of dying slowly because when you die, right. you don't know. You don't know. Not, I mean, I've passed out before. Like there's nothingness. It's the abyss in my, in my opinion, right? right? Not saying right. that I don't believe in, in gods or, or what have you, but I'm just saying like, from my experience, mm -hmm. like I, I just want to be at peace, but like uh, a long drawn out disease is almost like torture. Yeah, for sure. It just for seems sure. like it just seems cruel, like cruel and unusual punishment. Um, you know, but I, I try to, I try to not think about that shit. But you know, deep down, that is definitely uh, like the only real fear. And obviously, like the unselfish stuff about anything happening to my kids. You well, know, yeah. but like that, that's like un I can't even imagine that. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So it's like a whole different level. I can't even think about stuff like that. I feel like I'm going to jinx stuff if I start thinking it like that. Exactly. Yeah. Do you have anything that you're excited about for the future? Um, yeah. Um, I think the thing I'm most excited about is continuing to grow all of my businesses and seeing where we all can go as a team and, mm -hmm. you know, to enrich everybody else's lives um, as much as some of my mentors have done to me, um, which has been, you know, a very big thing for me. I've been very, very lucky to have really good mentors. And so more mentorship mm -hmm. and, you know, I'd like to know what it's like not to work for a month. That's a goal of mine. <laughs> I, I can't imagine you not working for a month. I know that's what <laughs> I like get two weeks in and be like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what it would happen is like, to me, um, edge, like, um, work is like meditation. You can't think about mm -hmm. anything else while it's happening and you can really focus into it. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I think just, you know, experiencing life and being, uh, as happy as possible. And I want to make art and, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Not think about money. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Uh, do you have an escape fantasy? Like I, don't I know, even know a what couple that is. people I know. So when you're in the middle of like a really rough week and you're like, you know, I could just live on a farm and like only do like I could literally just farm and live self-sustained on a farm. Or like I could be a barista. Can I tell you where what I'm what I'm I feel lucky about is like where yeah. I live in New Hampshire. I get that. Mm -hmm. Like that, I have that. So mm -hmm. like I could literally sit around this house all day and not leave. And I haven't for 35 days and I'm fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. You've got the space to run around. Oh, that's an excellent thing. Yeah. But never a barista. I'm a fan of that. <laughs> but good. Um, thank you so much for talking to me. I'm glad that we got a bunch of these questions out of the way. Um, and I'm glad that obviously we get to know you a lot better. Um, I think that's really important for us to really, to really chat and get everybody knowing what the team is like. Absolutely. what it's like individually. On well, an thank, individual level. I um, appreciate you having absolutely. me, Mary. Thanks a lot. Having me on my own podcast. Thanks so much. Pretty unique experience. I know. Isn't it weird? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for coming to the on podcast. On behalf of Mary Winter uh, and the Naked Unicorn Podcast, I'm Jason Throton, and we will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>